You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, we'll hear from St. Paul this morning about the Christian life. Or better, what I think St. Paul would call the life of the Spirit. And we'll hear about this from the epistle lesson we just heard from Romans chapter 8. Now, this chapter, Romans chapter 8, is perhaps one of the most beautiful chapters in all of the scriptures. In the, in the book of Romans, we've been climbing up the mountain of Christian doctrine, and now we've reached the peak where all the gifts of God are mixed together for us. The gifts of life, the gift of salvation, the gift of the Spirit, and the comfort, and the strength, and the truth that He gives. Now, our, our lesson begins in verse 12, but look at how, in, you can see it in the bulletin, look at how the verse begins. It says, therefore, which means that Paul is picking up on what he said before. So let's go back and hear a few verses before, Romans chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. Paul writes, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. That's the therefore that Paul's talking about. That you, you, are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. So Paul is talking to Christians, and he's reminding them, he's reminding us of this most fundamental fact that that they have, that you have, that we have the Holy Spirit living in us, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think I might have to repent that I have not preached about this enough, so I want to cover some of the basics today. First, this most basic and fundamental of things, Christians have the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit, after all, who converts us who turns our stony hearts of unbelief to hearts of flesh that have faith in the promises of God. The Holy Spirit is the one who delivers to us the forgiveness of sins. And this happens through the Word of God, which the Holy Spirit uses as His instrument to do this great work. And when the Holy Spirit has converted us, He takes up residence in us, in our hearts, in our minds, in our consciences. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. We have received the Holy Spirit by faith. This happened first at your baptism. And it happens every time you hear the Word of God. And every time you pray for the Holy Spirit to come. We have the Holy Spirit by a faith that lives in repentance. And this gift of the Holy Spirit is beyond anything, really, that we can ask for or even imagine. That God the Holy Spirit is pleased to dwell in us. And not only to dwell in us, but to work in us. The Holy Spirit who dwells in your heart is not taking a nap. <laughs> he is living, active, and busy. And this is Paul's main concern in this epistle lesson, the text that we're reading, 
to, to describe to us the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. So what is it? I think we can consider it under three words. Holy, free, and life. In fact, those are the three words that the, uh, that the Holy Spirit has given to name Himself in Psalm 51. The Holy Spirit, the, the free Spirit, and the living Spirit. And so it is that the Holy Spirit makes us holy, that the free Spirit makes us free, and that the living Spirit gives us life. And this all, as we think about the work of the Holy Spirit, sounds really quite wonderful, but especially what Paul wants us to know, that there's a problem. Because we are sinners. Our sinful flesh still loves sin, wants to sin, is bound up in every way to sin and to death. So when the holy, free, living Spirit comes to us to do His holy work and His living work and His freeing work, He has to work against our sinful flesh, our old Adam, we call it. In fact, He has to put us to death so that we might live. This is the Holy Spirit's work to give life through death. Paul says, this is chapter 8, verse 10, not quite to our first verse yet, but so still in the therefore part. Paul says, if Christ is in you, even though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that dwells in you. The Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. That Holy Spirit dwells in you. The same Holy Spirit who will raise your body on the last day. And in the meantime, that means today, he is working life in our dying bodies. He's working, he's working holiness in spite of our sinful flesh. Now, this battle, this battle between life and death and between sin and holiness, between slavery and freedom, this battle is happening in each one of us constantly. Your flesh, your sinful flesh, helped by the world and helped by the demons, is constantly tempted to sin. Your flesh is bound up to this sin and death. And your flesh comes along and says to you, hey, especially when it's tempting us to sin, our flesh says, hey, you owe this to me. You owe me this sin. You should do this thing. But Paul preaches to us here, and look at how glorious. It's the first, it's the first verse in our reading. You can, you can follow it there in your bulletin. Paul preaches to us, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. You don't owe your flesh anything. You don't owe the world anything. You don't owe death anything. If there was a debt to be paid, Christ paid it already. Dear saints, you don't owe the devil anything. He has no claim on you. Death, the devil, sin have no claim on you at all. And Paul continues with a warning and a promise. Verse 13. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you, through the Spirit, mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. To mortify is to put to death. 
In this sinful life, the Holy Spirit brings us life by putting to death the deeds and the desires of the flesh. Now, this is the work that we commonly call repentance. That is, the Holy Spirit convicting us of sin. The Holy Spirit activating our conscience so that we see ourselves and our sins and our sinful desires just like we see our face in a mirror. And we see that we're rebellious and we're angry and we're lustful and we're greedy and we're lazy and we're bitter and we're discontent. And we see, by the work of the Holy Spirit in the mirror of the law, that we don't fear and love and trust in God like we should. We see all of these, all of the wrong things about us, and the Holy Spirit teaches us to be sorry about it. And this godly sorrow, this first part of repentance, this is the evidence that we know that the Holy Spirit is putting to death in us the desires of the flesh. Paul says, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now the chief word in this verse 14, the chief thing, is this word, sons. You see, all of us were born in slavery to sin, death, and the devil. But when the Holy Spirit lives in you, He does not make you into His own slave, but He, in fact, makes you into a son of God. So that you are not in bondage. We, we don't talk about the slave spirit, but the, but the free spirit. The spirit who sets us free. So that you, dear Christian, are set free from the bondage of sin and death. Paul picks up on it in verse 15. You have not received the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So that you, by the work of the Spirit, are part of the family of God. Now look at the name that St. Paul gives to the Holy Spirit in this verse 15. The spirit of adoption. The adoption spirit. Did you see how glorious? The Holy Spirit sees to it that you and I are adopted into the family of God. So that even though we are born slaves to sin and death and the devil, under his tyranny, bound up to all of these things, by the forgiveness of sins, you are set free. Dear saints, the forgiveness of sin, the absolution, is the emancipation proclamation for sinners. You are set free. And not only are you simply set free from sin, you are brought into the family of God. The slave is always full of fear of their master. But the children live in the love of their father. And so it is with us. You are part of the family of God. John writes in his epistle, Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we should be called the children of God. And as children we are. You see that God does not want you to be his slaves but as children. And as his children, we pray to God as our father. Asking for him as dear children ask their father for the things that we need. The Holy Spirit living in you helps and teaches you to pray. This is one of the chief works of the Holy Spirit. That we would cry out, Abba, Father. And not only this, but the Holy Spirit does more. The Holy Spirit not only teaches us 
how to pray and speak to God, but the Holy Spirit also speaks to us, comforting us and reminding us that we already have all of these great treasures. Look at verse 16 and 17. And the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So, If so be that we suffer with Him, we may also be glorified together with Him. The Holy Spirit, you see, doesn't only give us faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit helps us to know that we have faith. The Holy Spirit makes us believe the promises of God and then teaches us that we believe the promises of God and all of these great gifts. Remember, as the, as the picture of this, remember when you were so young that you didn't know your name? You had a name, you just didn't know what it was. You had to learn it. My parents, at some point, had to tell me, you are Brian Wolfmuller. And they had to teach me how to say it. I think I picked up Brian quicker than Wolfmuller. <laughs> and then they had to teach you how to spell it and how to write it. They had to tell you what your name already was. That's what the Holy Spirit does. You, 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 are all, you already have all of these things. You are already the children of God. Your sins are already forgiven. You are already righteous and holy and perfect. You are already headed for eternal life. In fact, you already have eternal life right now. You are, as Paul says in Ephesians 2, seated with Christ in heavenly places. You are the children of God, and everything that belongs to God will come to you. You are the inheritors of his kingdom. His love, His mercy, His kindness, His name, His spirit, His everything belongs to you already. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, this is yours. That you have life. That you have forgiveness. That you have the mercy of God. That you are the children of God. That you are heirs of His kingdom. That you will get one day all of the things that belong to Jesus. That you will sit with Him on His throne. And this, now, can you imagine, that just as God the Father delights in His Son, Jesus, so God the Father delights also in you. I mean, can you imagine this? One day soon, Jesus will return. And our flesh will be raised incorruptible. And we will go into the resurrection... And you will see God the Father face to face, and He will look at you. And in His face, there will be no anger, and no frustration, and no disappointment, but only joy and love and delight. The same joy and love and delight that He has for His Son, Jesus. That is what is coming for us. This is so wonderful, it's hard to believe. But this is why we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us to teach us to bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if we are God's children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We suffer with him, but we will be glorified together with him. So may God grant to us his Holy Spirit that we would know this, that we would die to sin, that we would live to righteousness, and that we would find boundless joy in His promises until we reach the consummation. 
when we have them all face to face. May God grant it for Christ's sake. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.